thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Right after service, we have baptisms. Excited about baptisms. Excited about what God's going to do. We have three people getting baptized, which is incredible. Incredible. That's like 6% of our church getting baptized. And so that's awesome, man. And so we, uh, we're not going to prolong this message. I'm going to get right into the, the um, hopefully the heart of the message and what God wants to speak to you this morning. That's my prayer. And then we will end up dismissing. We'll have everybody leave at the same time. We'll encourage you to go get your children's and to go get them on your way out and then to go watch the baptisms. We pulled it right in front of the doors so that you could see those clearly and stay away from the rain. And there's a little tent. So you kind of get like a pre-baptismal into the baptism. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Man, we've been in this series, Make History, Make History. I'm excited. This today will be will be one of our final messages. We'll conclude next Sunday in this series, and it's been powerful. Last week, J. Tom Snelson brought an amazing, timely word for us on Daniel chapter 6. And he did an amazing job. Let's encourage him this morning. He just needs encouragement. If you don't know that, just rub that head, you know. Something, something good may come off on it. So, man, Daniel 6, it was incredible. Daniel in the lion's den. What's crazy about Daniel in chapter 6 Daniel was 83 years old at this time. Pretty crazy that somebody would be older like that and yet still stand up for Jesus. And this is more of a prequel, if you will. This is where we'll be. We'll be in Daniel chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there this morning. Or if you have the Luminous Church app that you can download from the App Store, you can go to notes. And I have notes for you this morning. I hope that I stay on those notes. We'll see. You'll have to keep me accountable. There is some trivial stuff there if you want to participate in our polls. Um, What's hotter, I think, the light, lightning or the sun? Lightning or the sun, what is hotter? I don't know. Don't say it out loud. Just, um, just guess and just put it down and, and see what happens. See what happens there. Man, throughout this, throughout this sermon, throughout this sermon series, it has been our great hope that the things that are holding you back from God, the things that are keeping you from making history for Jesus, the things that are paralyzing you, that those things would be identified and that they would be broken. They'd be identified and they would be broken, that you would come to the other side and this realization that Jesus is with you even in your trial, even in your circumstance. It's been our great hope that you would find amazing relationship with God. If there's anything that we do at Luminous Church, it is to connect you with God that you can have a tangible relationship with him. And I think it is the most important thing that we could ever have. It's the most important thing that we could ever have. When we talk about relationships, sometimes relationships mean different things to you. When we say Father God because he says he is Father, when we say Father God, that could sever or bring up some things that, that make, you, make you shudder because maybe you don't have a good example of a father. 
As we're talking about terms and stuff on Sunday morning, I'm going to let you know that there are kingdom definitions to everything that we talk about. There are new definitions, new thoughts to every word that comes out of my mouth. It's really what's true. It's what Jesus says. So you see, Father God, he is good and he is loving and he has your best interest in mind. Father God is good and he's loving and he has your best interest in mind. That Father God is trustworthy, that we can trust him no matter what. And that's hard for some of you because some of you are are putting definitions to the word father. And I encourage you to redefine, redefine these terms. New terminology for these words. In Daniel chapter 3, we have three Amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love the story of these three. You see, I'm one of three brothers. And so anytime there is multiples of three, I feel immediately empowered. I don't know if you're like that. So, of course, Meshach is the best because he's in the middle. And I, too, am in the middle. But Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, let's start here. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth six cubits. That's equivalent of a nine-story building. A golden image, nine stories tall. The king sent together all of his people, verse 3, then all of his people began to see, began to gather around. For the dedication of this image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And they stood up before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 4. And the herald proclaimed aloud. You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages. That when you hear the sound of the hornpipe, lyre, trigon. What's a trigon, Tyler? No idea. Trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music. You are to fall down and worship the golden image. That King, bless you, that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Nine stories tall, worth of gold. That when, when the band plays, you are to sit there and worship. It's pretty crazy. What if I were to bring in an image of myself? That would be awesome. I should have done that, just, just for fun's sake. And I told you to, to get on your knees, to worship, to go crazy, to holler. You would immediately give me this feedback. You are crazy. Right? You're crazy. You are crazy. Pastor Ben, you are loco. That is ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. How, how do a people group, as we read these stories, how do a people group bow down to something that is dead? I never understand this, but it happens repeatedly throughout history. And yet the parallel brings it right directly to us. That us too have many things that we have set up in our mind and in our hearts that we bow down to. Isn't that the fact? Isn't that why God was bringing this up over and over? That there are things in your heart and your mind that you bow down to. All the time. These three boys, maybe men, maybe boys, came up and they had a certain set of convictions. You see, they were a Jewish people. They had they had one God, one God. And these people began to 
get cap, became captives in Babylon. And as they were cap, in captive in Babylon, they began to still love their God, their one true God. And they, they lived by a set of convictions. You and I have convictions, don't we? There are convictions that Brandy and I live by. Like if I go out with another girl, that's not okay in the convictions of Brandy and me. And vice versa. We have convictions that we live by and you have convictions you live by. But you see, convictions are easy when everything is okay. To live by convictions are easy when there's no external pressure on your conviction. Verse 6 and 7, And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, the band play, all the peoples, nations, and languages fall down, fell down and worshiped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. When you have convictions, it's oftentimes challenged, and then it presents you with choices. And it looks a lot like this cartoon. Maybe you've seen this cartoon when it comes against your convictions. How many of you, how many of you ever had that moment in your life? You have these convictions, right? And then, and then there's the devil on the left side, the angel on the right side, everybody speaking into your mind. And you ask questions like this. That if, if something were to ask you to compromise your conviction, you would say this. Everybody else is doing it. I'll just go along with the crowd. That's okay, right? Or maybe it won't hurt if I do it just one time, will it? It won't hurt if, I mean, everybody else bowing. I will just take a little, you know, courtesy bow and then get back up and we'll be okay. I'll do it in secret. No one will know. I can hide it. Maybe, maybe God put me in this job, in my job. Maybe he's elevated you to position. But now you're faced with some convictions and some choices. And surely, surely, God doesn't want you to lose your position that he's elevated you to. So maybe you should do some things in order to compromise so that you can stay in that position. Maybe it's, I'll do it now, and I'll ask for forgiveness later. Any of y'all do that? I do it all the time. Just one donut. Ah, okay, I'm sorry, God. Okay. I'll go through the motions but not really worship God in my heart. God knows my heart. A whole world is coming against God. It's, it's normally not a nine-story statue. It's normally not this golden image. So Valentine's Day was last night. And if you're single, you probably hate that holiday because I once upon a time did as well. But if you're married, you love it. And I decided, you know, to be, to romance my wife early, pre-Valentine's. Pre-Valentine's, it makes sense. I went out last night. It was crazy. James Avery, like, there's a huge line. I don't get it. Some guy just goes up to some girl and says, hey, babe, I'm going to buy you a ring tonight. And you stand in line all night to get the ring? That just doesn't make sense to me. But maybe you did that. I'm sorry. So I, I made reservations for my wife, and we went to the Tower of Americas. Here's us 
at the top. Oh, yeah, just amazing right there. Yeah, we weren't outside. That was Photoshopped. Yeah, just leave that up. Just leave that up. You know, just let everybody, let all the single people hate me right now. So we had this awesome dinner, had an awesome time. And as we were driving back, we were really tired, really tired. And, you know, just as you often do when you're with somebody 24-7, the car just gets a little silent. And so as the car is silent, I'm passing by a billboard, and I see this billboard. And as I see this billboard, I'm like, oh, yeah. So in my mind, I'm looking. And at that time, it was a $480 million Powerball this week. Did anybody play? Any? Yes, student loans can be paid off in one, by one ticket. It would be awesome. Man, but I was sitting there, and as I was sitting there on this amazing date with my wife, pursuing my wife for the next 15 minutes while the car was silent, I was distracted. I started thinking about $480 million. I took off 50% for the government. There you go, president. And then, and then I started playing with $240 million. Okay, I'll give 24 to Luminous, you know, because they need it. And then I'll do something else. And then, and then just started going down the list. And how am I going to invest it and all this. For 10 minutes, the car was silent. And all I thought about was winning the lottery. I'm on Valentine's Day. I'm with the most beautiful woman in the world. I just had the most amazing dinner. We looked into each other's eyes, and here I am thinking about the lottery. This is crazy. This is crazy. But isn't that how easy it is for a distraction or for a nine-story idol to get up in your mind? That easy. I knew that's not what I was supposed to do. I knew it was vain imagination. And here I was bowing down to that. When there's convictions and there's choices, then there's this, uh, this thought, are we going to conform? Verse 12 through 14, it says this. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image? That I have set up. Is it true? For us, what, what, how do we cross that bridge, that culture context to us? Fact is, there's somebody accusing you over and over again. We call them, him, the accuser. Or at least that's what the writer John describes in Revelation 12.10, the accuser comes to accuse you, comes to say things. And what we know is the accuser comes up in your mind, and that's where the battle is. The battle is, man, here you are faced with choices, and now are you going to conform? You should conform. But I love that Jesus silenced all accusers. He silences all accusers. Do you remember 
the woman that they were going to stone as she was caught in adultery. And they were all accusing her of this act. And yet, when Jesus dismissed them by showing them maybe their own sin or whatever it was by the power of God, dismisses those accusers, he asked the woman, where are your accusers? They're nowhere to be found. I think sometimes when the accusers come, we need to know that Jesus is going to silence our accusers. Verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar says, if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast down to a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? When it comes to conform and we decide that we're not going to conform to the patterns of this world, it takes some courage. And so how do we become courageous in the midst of this? Let's read how they became courageous in verse 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able. Everybody say, he is able. Everybody say, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In order to be courageous, we have to know that there is no need to justify yourself. There is no need for justification. As they sat there, we look. We look at Jesus who sat there as he was accused by every day, everybody on the day of crucifixion. He, they murder him, murder him, crucify him, crucify him. And as he's before Pilate, Pilate brings the accusation. He brings the charges against him. He brings them against Jesus. And, and Jesus, what does he do? He remains silent. He does not justify himself. He sits there. And, and it says Pilate stood amazed amazed that he didn't justify himself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not operating in rebellion. They were not operating in the sense of, I'm, I'm going to defy you. No, they didn't want to defy their conscience. They didn't want to defy God. And so this wasn't an attitude of hostility towards the king. But that simple response brought fury out of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so what happens? The king gets angry and he makes the fire seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. Where else does this happen in Luke eleven twenty six? That when there's an accuser against you and you silence the accuser and you dismiss him and deliverance happens, what happens? He comes back with seven more. At any time somebody's delivered from something, get ready because the fire is going to get seven times hotter in your life. Seven times hotter. It just does. Now, I'm not saying when you have courage for Christ, it will be hotter or necessarily demonic activity will happen. But I'm just saying it could. It's an interesting, interesting contrast right there. 
But in the fire, as they said yes to Jesus, comfort comes. When you're courageous and you stand for Jesus, know that there's going to be comfort and there's going to be peace. Verse 24, 25, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. Verse 25, he answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. There was a calmness. The fire was over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It burned all the ropes. It cinched them. And these three men were walking around. You know, as you begin to step up and you say yes to Jesus and you take courage, there will be calmness. But when you do that, people are going to see Jesus in you. You know, it doesn't say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth person. It doesn't say that, but the king did see the fourth person. He saw that there was, there was, God was moving, and there was somebody there. There was a deliverer. It reminds me of this story. When I was at Starbucks, I was sitting there, and I was going through the one-to-one book with somebody. We were on chapter one, and we started talking about the gospel. We started sharing our faith. It was amazing. There was passion exchanged over a coffee table. And if you know me, I'm passionate about everything. This is crazy. It's, I don't know. I'm not always like this. I'm either sleeping or like this. But, man, as we're sitting there at the coffee shop, man, we just have a great time. I pray for him. That person leaves. A young man comes up to me. His name is Randy. Randy comes up to me and he says, I want what you have. I didn't really understand what he meant. You want my coffee? I don't know. No, he goes, I want what you have. I want God. And as, as I began to share Jesus over the coffee table, I began to have courage at a Starbucks in a public place. I began to say no to any idol and begin to say yes to Jesus. That people actually saw the fourth person. They actually saw Jesus in me and through me. And it's amazing. And I tell you, and I want to encourage you, that every time you take courage, calmness and peace will come in the midst of the storm. But not only that, they're going to see Jesus. And that's what the king did in verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then they came out from the fire. And everybody around them saw that the fire had not laid a hand on them. Nothing was singed, not even their hair. They didn't even smell like the fragrance of smoke. I don't want to get too, um, too many analogies and dip too deeply in this, but I do know that when you stand for God and when you say yes to Jesus, that the things of the past that defined you so much that you thought everybody could see your funk Everybody could see your sin and your junk. I'm telling you, there won't be a remnant of that left in you. And so that's what was happening here. And Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. 
Therefore, I make a decree. I make another decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. I love his justice. It's awesome. And their house laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. There is no other God. Tyler, will you come help me out? Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, you read these stories, and they preach to yourself. They'll preach the message. I don't need to. It's a powerful story. If you read this story this week, I guarantee you, you're going to be encouraged by this story. It's amazing the courage that'll be risen up in you, that'll rise up in you. It will amaze me. But you know what I love about this story more than anything? Is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not the heroes. They're not the heroes. Nebuchadnezzar didn't elevate them and said, worship them. And here in this story of you and me, and the history that we live out for our families, for our friends, we're not the hero. Jesus is. He always was. He is today. And he always will be the hero. And so in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And this morning, there's three courageous people who are not conforming to this world, but being renewed in their mind with Jesus. And they made a decision, whether it was four weeks ago or four years ago, they made a decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. And they're going to get baptized today. That's courage, man. That's courage to get out there in the rain and this homemade hot tub. It could be cold now. It's courage. But it's courage to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm not going to look back, but I'm going to look ahead. And we're not perfect. No one is. An imperfect people for a perfect God. That's what Luminous Church is. People who see Jesus clearly. And we'll see him in the fire. And we'll see him in one another. And we'll see him throughout this week. Would you stand with me as we pray? And if you're getting baptized this morning, as we stand, you can go ahead and get dismissed and go change. That would be awesome. And I'm going to dismiss everybody to come out there with you. Man, maybe you're at a place today where you just, you haven't had a lot of courage. You've been bowing down. That's, that's kind of our theme of the message. You've been bowing down to other things. 
to let you know your, your pastor up here is not perfect, right? Because I was bowing down to hypothetical lottery for 15 minutes or whatever. We all bow down. We all bow down. That's why we need to be conformed. We need to renew our mind. Can I pray for you that you would be encouraged today? Jesus, I thank you for Luminous Church. I thank you for your church, Jesus. That, God, we are a small piece of a big puzzle all around the world. God, of a people who want to look like you. And, Jesus, I pray that we would be a people who won't relent, but courage. Courage this week. Courage. Speak courage this week. Speak courage this week over us. God, through illness, through news, through finances, in fear, in worry, in all these things. Lord, let us be a people. Let us always be a people who are courageous. We love you, Jesus. Everybody said amen. Hey, I'm going to give you some special instructions real quick. Can we give God a hand? He's awesome.